Welcome to Your Next Mission podcast with the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley. Proudly presented by Cavalry Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. Hello out there, warriors, past and present, and your families. Thank you for serving our great country. Welcome to season three of your next mission video podcast, a program initiative of the American Freedom Foundation. I'm Jack L. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and, and your host. You can see I like that. Before we get started, though, I, I personally want to thank our presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans for, for their generous support and making your next mission happen. They love our veterans and families, and that's another thing I'm gonna say every week, we love them too. We have a great show for you today. We're gonna to be focused on a U.S. Army First Corps at Joint Base Lewis McCord in Washington State. And I'm so excited to introduce Lieutenant General Xavier T. Brunson, Commanding General, and CSM Sean F. Carnes, Command Sergeant Major. Welcome to the show, so good to have you on the show. Glad to be here, thank you for having us. Yeah, very much so. Thank you very much, SMA. Oh, I appreciate it. You know, you guys got to be pumped up, excited. I'm excited anytime I get around <laughs> Army soldiers. <laughs> hey, uh, before we jump into all the things that's going on in First Corps, uh, I'd like to each one of you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself. And, sir, we'll start with you. Okay. Hey, again, SMA, thanks for having us here today. Uh, I'm Xavier Brunson. I'm the son of a Sergeant Major. I'm one of three boys in my family. My brothers are both colonels. My wife's a retired Army officer, a colonel as well, and an Army judge. And uh, I've been out here since 2019. I commanded the 7th Infantry Division and then rolled right into 1st Corps. And uh, we're just pleased to be here. A great mission, a great unit, great history, and great soldiers and families out here in Washington. Your home. Oh, that's right. Out here in Washington. <laughs> hey, look here. I know why you're squared away now, because your dad was a Sergeant Major. He kicked you in the butt every time you screwed anything up. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Sergeant Major, go ahead. Yeah, so I, my father was not a Sergeant Major. Um, my, my father was a college professor. Uh, so, you know, when I got, uh, getting ready to get out of high school, um, you know, I wanted to come in the military and, and my mom and dad said, hey, try college for a year. Right. That did not work out well. Right. Um, and I told him both. I said, I should have went in the military when I wanted to first do. So, you know, I come in the military at age 19 instead of 18, like I wanted to because I tried college as my father, college professor uh, said to do. Uh, so I've been in the military for 30 years. Um, and the interesting piece about it, on my father's side. All of his siblings are military. Oh, wow. Except my father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my father decided, hey, I'm going to be a college professor instead. Um, right? So he went down that path, and I continued to trend uh, to continue on with the military. I've been married to my uh, great wife for 24 years, uh, Teresa, and we have two lovely kids. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to be here with uh, my Ranger buddy. Uh, to be able to be on your show, sir. Hey, no sweat. I appreciate You know, it's funny you say that because the reason I joined the Army was because uh, I was a terrible kid. I was sitting on the beach. And the guy said, what are you going to do with your life? I said, I don't know. He said, you want to join the Army? Oh, no, you want to go to college. And I said, guys like me don't go to college. He said, <laughs> exactly. He said, he said, he said, uh, he said do you want to join the Army? I said, I'm in. Let's go. And I went basic ad to jump school and right to war. So I, I know about all that stuff. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, sir, First Corps, also known as America's First Corps, operates in the Pacific yes. with over 44,000 soldiers in command. Can you, can you talk about that? Or would you talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be glad to. Um, this, is, uh, this is something I love to do because I want people to always know that there is an army west of the Mississippi. <laughs> there is an army west of Texas. Yeah. And here we sit in Washington State. But First Corps is made up of the 7th Infantry Division, uh, trust in me, the 25th, and you can see behind us there, part of our campaign is pick your mountain. You, if you want to serve in America's First Corps, you can serve in Hawaii with the great 25th Infantry Division. You can serve in Alaska with the great 11th Airborne Division, or you can serve right here at Joint Base Lewis-McCord with the 7th Infantry Division. As the Army's operational headquarters in the Pacific, focused solely on the Indo-Pacific region, we support USERPAC, U.S. Army Pacific. And what we find ourselves at, Sergeant Major, is 
over the, over the course of a year, we might be in 21 different countries, always trying to stay focused west of the IDL, the international date line, so that we can reassure our partners and friends and allies that the United States Army is here. And it's not a maritime or an air theater. All the people in the world live on the land. Yeah. And I take great joy in telling folks, if you want to come be a part of this, just think about what you have the opportunity to do. Uh, we've recently had soldiers training in the Himalayas. Uh, we've got soldiers that will soon head down to Australia to train with the Great Australian Army. And we're all over that region just to assure people that it's okay for us to have a free and open Indo-Pacific. Wow. Hey, can I, can, wait, can I re-enlist? I want to get back in there right now. I want to go. I'm Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, sir, I know the Army's priority is people first. What does people first mean to you and, and to your organization? Well, first of all, all that stuff I just talked about, I'm just one person, but there are a lot of people that make that happen every day here for this poor. Uh, you mentioned it yourself. There's 44,000 soldiers out there. Some of those soldiers are attached to a family. Some of those families are attached to this installation. And so when Sergeant Major and I look at our priorities, it's people, our missions, modernization, readiness, and our installation, this is our big gated community that we've got to take care of. And what that really requires is for every leader in this formation to know that we're counting on them to be engaged. Yeah. And engagement is not just somehow encountering you every so often in the place where you do your job, but it's actually knowing that you count and you matter. What our chief tells us is, is people first. And what that means is every decision that every leader in this corps has to make ought to be seen through this aperture that is my people. Yep. And we ought to look at our people as their part of contributing to all the things that we've got to accomplish. It's way too important. When you listen to General Flynn talk, sometimes he talks about the fact that we win on our watch. And in order for us to win, it's going to take our people. And if any of that that I said makes no sense at all, think about it this way. Have you ever seen a game of kickball being played without people in it? <laughs> no. You haven't. It takes people to get this done. Yeah. And it's the people that assure us by, you know, sort of thinking interoperability. You know, there's procedural interoperability, there's technical interoperability, but the key for us in this command is that human interoperability that starts from relationship to relationship, nation to nation, that not only reassures our partners, friends, and allies, but it also makes them understand that we're counting on our soldiers and our NCOs to get things done. And today we had our first ever Indo-Pacific motorized uh, forum. And we had over 21 nations represented in the room with us. And one of the things my battle buddy talked to them about was the importance of NCOs. And what he does every day he goes out is talks about the fact that the Army's got a whole host of programs that care for people. But if you're not engaged enough to get people to the program that's going to help them solve their problem, then you're not doing your job. Yeah, yeah. And it really, for us, comes down to accountability of our, of our leaders and accountability of our soldiers and the trust that we build. Because they, I know every day Sean Carnes is going to be doing everything he needs to be doing to be the best soldier he can be. Yeah. And the onus is on me to garner his trust by doing the same thing. We don't expect anything of people other than the things that we would do ourselves. And so that's why we count on our people because we're sending them a long ways away. I remember the first time we went to Guam, I got off the airplane in Hawaii and I was packing up all my stuff. I didn't know I had to get back on the plane to fly an additional five <laughs> hours to get to Guam. Uh, yeah. But we we were asking a lot of our people, and, and this has never changed, our SMA. You know that from your time yeah. in, in the in the cloth of our nation. Yeah. We ask a lot of them, but we've also got to give a lot back in terms of us being leaders and caring for these. Well, people. they also know if you care about them too. You know, they know if you yes. care about it. If if you're a leader that you know, unfortunately, we all see them. So unfortunately, you see leaders that that want to advance in the military and they don't really want to take care of people. And if you don't take care of people, you can't accomplish the mission. You can't get it done. You can get it done, but you sort of, I hate to say this, sort of half-assed. But if they care That's about right. you and they trust you and they believe in you, they're going to get it done and they're going to do the best they can. And that's, you know, I can see just talking to you guys right now, you have a great command team uh, because it's about the team. I tell people all the time when I'm talking, you know, you one individual can't accomplish the mission. But a, a group, a team, a company, a battalion, a brigade, a division, 
a team that functions and works together and knows each other and communicates with each other and get the job done. So I'm, you guys got me so pumped up. I don't know what to do. So Ranger Tongs, go ahead, buddy. Hey, hey, and, and of course, as you know, as the, my Ranger buddy talked about is everything we do is people. I mean, you know, we, we have these great PowerPoint slides of submissions, exercises, equipment, but guess what? There's people behind all that. Absolutely. And we have to make sure our people are ready, right? And I, I tell, you know, the Sergeant Majors and all the leaders all the time is leadership is a relationship built on inspiration, trust, serving, and caring for others, yep. right? And it's very important to build that relationship. And part of that is engage the leadership to build that relationship. We have to build the relationship professionally and personally. Now, I'm not saying we're going out to the club with our privates, no. right? But we've got to understand, just like when we, you know, when we were growing up and we had our leaders book, yep, right? Yep. What was in there? We had diagrams to everyone's house, right? And we knew their phone numbers. We knew their contact information. We knew their mothers and father, right? Because we built the relationship with them to understand them. So then, hey, whenever they're having some troubles, we're able to help them out, right? And that's what, you know, uh, General Brunson said about the Army programs. We have to understand the Army programs to be able to help them out. Because right now, what we're doing with Army programs is that, you know, we're doing it when we're at the punishment phase instead of using it as prevention, yeah. right? So we get to know our program so it's prevention to help out our, our soldiers. That's another way we're taking care of our soldiers is getting the prevention instead of at the punishment piece. Yeah, you, you know, one of the things I learned a long time, I, I'm not sure, I, I, there was a lot of uh, great officers and NCOs that, that I grew up around. But, but I, always, I always watched them when they led by example. They was always there. They always talked to soldiers. It wasn't an eight-hour day. It was a 24-hour day, you know, 365 days a week. And on Saturdays and Sundays, you engage with them, too. So I agree with everything that you're saying. You certainly engage uh, leadership, contribution to optimizing soldier performance and readiness. I mean, that's the key to success. Can you further describe other ways in which uh, First Corps optimizes soldier readiness? I'm sure there's a lot of others. Sir, we'll start with you. Yeah, so so one of the things, uh, and, and this is an ongoing thing, is we we want to shape this environment that we put soldiers in so they can't lose. You know, when we talk to soldiers now, we try to talk to them a lot of times about, hey, I, I'm not going to talk to you about you being an E6 or an E7 or E8. What I want you to do is I want you to finish your first term. Start your life out with a W. If you can get through this first term, now you can make some decisions. You can take the money and run and go to college like Sean Carnes tried to, but <laughs> fail. Uh, and you could be Sean Carnes one day. Yeah. Or you can say, you know what? I've got this. I've got this under my belt. I won. So how do we harden the target that they are as brand new, impressionable soldiers? Some of those things we're doing as it relates to how we're looking at doing reception. You know, what, what can we and what do we need to get into these soldiers before they actually move into their units so they can say, hey, Big Sarge, um, or hey, Lieutenant, I, I understand what you're saying, but what I just got was this document right here when I was at reception, and this says that I need to go to Waller Hall and fully in process and get my pay squared away before I come down here. Now, I want to go out on that striker range, but first, these are the things that Brunson and Karn said I need to get done before I get started yeah, here yeah. so I can be a valuable contributing member to the team. Another piece of that is a lot of folks don't know this west of the Mississippi, but the H2F program came of, of age here at JBLM. And some of the things we're doing with our physical fitness centers, sort of making them a 24-7, you know, Fitness USA kind of place where you can always go in, you can always get a workout. You swipe your cat card, you go into the gym, there are coaches present, there's somebody that's going to talk to you about nutrition, there's somebody that's going to talk to you about your triad, but what we're also really trying to get people to understand is behavioral health is not the only answer. Some of the best leaders I've ever known took the time to sit me down and talk to me yeah. and say, you know what, if you do a little bit more of this and a little less of this, you're going to be okay. We've got to put the onus on our leaders to help us to round out all that our soldiers are. And if we put that onus on them, I've never seen a good soldier fail to meet a standard. Yeah, yeah. I, we were all raised on task conditions and standards. And if Sergeant Major Carnes and myself, if we can exam be the example to our leaders that, hey, we're going to hold you to a higher 
It's still the standard. And we're going to account for the things that you need to know so that you can be successful. Because if you're successful, then our soldiers are going to be successful. The worst thing in the world is to sit here in the ivory tower, so to speak, and to put out policies and regulation all meant to help people get to their own personal finish line and then to have those things come back to me sitting with a soldier in front of me and me telling him, hey, the Army ain't for you. Yeah, yeah. Some of the worst days in my career when those things happen. Um, but what we want to do is we want to try to get people to think and act differently. Not only is our mission thinking and acting differently. I grew up in Baumholder, Germany as a young lieutenant. And I, I, I wanted to be out in Fulda because that's where it was all going to go down. And, and, and I think the Pacific can be like that in a lot of ways as we continue to build that out where people will want to be a part of this mission, not just because of the mission, but because of the leaders that are out here and involved in that mission. Leadership is a draw. Yeah. Leader, good leadership is a magnet. You'll see a good leader and he'll just walk through a room and he'll be picking up soldiers, not even knowing that they're attracted to him. But they're looking at the things that he's doing and the things that he's saying. They go, man, there's no there's no say do gap. With yeah, this guy. Yeah. That's a guy I can follow right there because everything he's talking about, he's doing. But as it relates to things physical, we're going to get that. We're going to get that from 630 to 8 o'clock every day. We got a road here on the base that we shut down. And there's another little story I can tell you later about when I shut the road down, how people were calling <laughs> for my head. Uh, but we shut the road down. Yeah. So we've got a PT Avenue where folks can get out and beat up the concrete when they want to. But what we're really trying to get people to focus on now is this spiritual component of our soldiers. And by spiritual component, I'm not talking about religion. What I'm talking about is this recognition that there's something bigger than you. Yep, yep. Okay. Our, our institution has shared values, leadership, that acronym, that means something. Yeah. And if we can get people to ascribe to either those values or the, the sense of service itself, and then the pursuit of that, then you start to deal with people in a different way. Yeah. And, and what I talk with the young officers about is, hey, here's the way I look at the world. This is my own simple philosophy. It starts with a window, or it starts in the morning in the mirror, then you go to the window, and then you gotta have something that's gonna govern you. And I tell them that for me, my vertical alignment is my God, my family, then this business. And it doesn't have to be that for them. It can be the army values. It could be this nation. It could be the flag. But there's got to be something else that's going to govern your behavior. And when we can get leaders to sort of look at that and say, I might be part of what this person's ascribing to, then a guy starts out in the mirror and you assess your performance every day and say, this is what I've got to do better today. Then you go to the window and you look out the window and you say, hey, who needs me? That's where I need to get to. That's my fight today is getting to Jonesy so that Jonesy don't keep going the wrong way. Cause I know there's nothing left for that cat down in Memphis. If I have to send him back to Memphis, there's nothing there for him. Yeah. You know, he's not a good cook. He's not gonna be able to make barbecue. He's not a blues man. I can't send Jonesy back to Memphis. So I'm going to go to Jonesy right now. And the way I'm going to approach him is through leadership. I'm going to talk about these values. Hey, so hey, I'm I've been on cycling. No, so I, 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 I think I got you pumped up or something like that. Go ahead, Sergeant Major Card. You want to add anything? Hey, so you know, everything starts out with sponsorship, right? Um, that's how we start building that relationship. The sponsors, you know, picking our soldiers up from the airport, bringing them down to reception center, being involved during the reception, right? Being there and building that relationship, and then with that reception, we're also having the chaplain. We're having Mithlix. Involved the reception uh, during breakfast time. What a better way uh, for people to open up than breaking bread together? Yeah. Because you know the deal. Whenever someone says, "Hey, I'm, you know, I need to counsel you," our defenses are up, right? But I've been in the counseling where it's been for good stuff, right? So soldiers, you know, when they're talking to chaplain or they talk to Miflix, right? Their defenses are up. But guess what? When they're just sitting down breaking bread together, guess what? The defenses aren't up. And they're more to communicate with our chaplains or more to communicate with our sponsors or more communicate with our Mythlakes to build the relationship, to find out what some of their challenges are to be able to help them out. And that also goes into, you know, the people strategy, as the chief staff put out about talent management, right? Acquire talent, employ talent, develop talent, and then retain talent. Well, I also think there's two other pieces of that is assess talent and then also celebrate talent. Now, I'm not saying everyone gets an award, right? 
But we've also got to celebrate our talent. Yeah. Give them a little pat on the back once in a while, saying, hey, you are doing a great job, and we appreciate everything you're doing for First Core. Yeah. And then assessing talent. What we're looking at doing here in the core is we assess our talent to figure out a perfect example was there is a soldier as family here at um, and in Washington, and he was a staff sergeant, right? And so what we did is we we're able to take him. He did his squadier time, and we put him in the BLC as an instructor, broadening assignment. So that started his clock over. Give him another three years, right? And then when he's done with that, we move him out of there back into platoon sergeant. Platoon sergeant says he gets nine years here with his family. Wow. wow. You tell me that's not powerful, and that's not taking care of our personnel and and saying, hey, who, that's a perfect person who's going to you know retain and retention. And stay in the military, right? Because we are taking care of him or her. And then we, you know, as we were talking about Army programs, I mean, we have the R2 program, right? And so we brought the R2 program down to our um, commander's conference that we had, and we did exercises. Because a lot of things that happen is right here, right? And one of my philosophies is, is stay positive. Just like whenever I was getting ready to go to Korea, right? And a lot of people go to Korea, they get told all this negative stuff. So if you go to Korea thinking negative, it's going to be a negative time. I took it as an opportunity, and I had a great time in Korea. Great time, because I kept my mind positive. And that's what we want. There are two programs coming down to the different formations to include reception, to keep them to have a positive mindset, no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through, there's something that you can learn, and it's an opportunity, and it's just a roadblock. It's just an obstacle that you need to breach to continue on to be successful in your life. Yeah, you know, you guys have talked, I've said so many very positive things. One is, I agree 100%, positive attitude. I've never worked with anybody that anybody was around me. If they had a negative attitude, either I try to correct their attitude or, or hope they'd go somewhere else. The second thing is, uh, make, soldiers, <laughs> you know, make soldiers winners. You know, I want everybody right. to win. My job as a, as a leader, whether or not officer or non-commissioned officer, is do all I can to make you successful. You know, whether or not it takes me two hours or 10 hours or 20 hours or, or a year, I want to make you successful because you're in our army. And the last thing I'll tell you, when was you in bomb holder? I was in bomb holder from 1992, 91 rather, until 1994. Okay, so I was, your now, divi- I was the division sergeant major then, what you said. You were. I, I, you most certainly that, were. Now that I look at I you, I remember you. All you. <laughs> I was going to start to connect the dots <laughs> yeah. for you so you can no, know no, that you I got probably it. So, you, so you said bomb owner, you had Mike Bush. It was Mike Bush was up there as a sergeant major, yeah. a brigade sergeant Love major. That and I can't, Love I can't remember the, the colonel's name right now, but oh yeah, I used to go to bomb owner all the time. You know why? Because they had, uh, they had Popeyes, and didn't they have Popeyes and McDonald's? <laughs> Yeah, we had Popeyes and McDonald's right down the hill there. I ate there many a night. Oh my goodness! Uh, I, I, as soon as Popeyes they got up there, I used to I used to make a reason to go up. <laughs> SMA, thank you very much for all the leadership you did for my Ranger buddy because no, he is awesome. I, I don't know if I did it. No, those, those guys did stuff. I just come out and visit and maybe said I don't know. I'm sure. I re- you know, you you look familiar when you said it. When you said Bomb Hawk, I said, "Geez, he's a little bit older." But I think I re- was you bald headed then. <laughs> No, sir. No, sir. I was a young, handsome man. That's how I got the judge, the American. I was handsome back then. Okay, hold that thought for just a second there. We're talking with Lieutenant General Xavier T. Brunson, Commanding General, and CSM Sean F. Carnes, Command Sergeant Major of First Corps, Joint Base Lewis McCord at Washington State. And you're watching your next mission video podcast with me, your host, Jack L. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major Army. And don't forget, if you're enjoying this discussion, if you're not enjoying this discussion, something's wrong with you. Please like us. Click on that subscribe <laughs> button below. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Sir Sergeant Major, I imagine the Army has, uh, you know, we just talked about leadership role and soldier spiritual. I, I'd like to talk about a little bit more here again. What does the command team and senior leaders do to really support spiritual fitness? I think you both touched on it, but, but I hear your comments again from that, sir, or maybe add a little bit more to it. Yeah, so, so what I would tell you is, is um, by virtue of being a leader in the Army, you have, the, you have the, this enviable position that you find yourself in, whereby demonstrating the right behaviors, 
you can give tacit approval for folks to seek those things out. Yeah. And that's why it's important for us to tell folks to, I, I want you to look a little bit further, look a little bit further than today and think about where you want to be. And if we can tie into where you're trying to go and we can show you a different way, m maybe it is with the chaplain. All we care about is that you're talking to somebody. It, it could be your squad leader that's going to tie you to the institution, that's going to tie you to our values and make you say, you know what, I want to be like Big Sarge because he's doing all the things the right way. So this spirituality we're talking about is trying to get folks to see that they're more than just today. Sometimes the immediacy of the now causes soldiers to get, just stuff just starts clinging to yeah. them. They can't see a way out. They can't make a way out. But if I can get you to stop and say something as simple as, you know what, my squad needs me, my platoon needs me, my company needs me, my battle buddy needs me. You know what, based on what I believe and what I heard in the chapel on Sunday, I, I've got a purpose and I've got to live on purpose. Yeah. We want everybody to somehow glean what their purpose is. Everybody's purpose isn't to be 32 years in the Army, okay? Some folks will get out at five. Some folks will do four years and they'll be done. But we got to get people to live on purpose. I don't think, when I think, I can remember my dad being a staff sergeant, for example. I can remember when he worked two jobs. He worked in the bowling alley as a fry cook, and he was out running with General Lindsay first thing in the morning on the 82nd Airborne Division Marathon team, oh. and he never seemed like anything was ever wrong. Now, there might have been a whole bunch wrong because the man had two jobs at that time, but I never knew it because he looked forward to getting into work every day. And so we've got to, one, tell people it's okay to think bigger. It's okay to get help. We want people not to see, not to feel as if they can't go get help because they're not perfect. There are, there are no perfect soldiers. There are some really good soldiers, but there are no perfect soldiers. And we want them to understand that this isn't a zero defect environment. Go seek help. The only failure that our soldiers can have is in not seeking help. So we want to avail them to everything that's out there. We want them to have, you know, breaks my heart when I hear about food insecurity because there's people that can fix that. It breaks my heart when I hear that a soldier's car is not fixed, so he's late to work. Well, AER will fix that for yep. It breaks my heart when I find out that soldiers and spouses can't go to college because AER will fix that for them too. And there's a big difference between a grant and a loan. I would rather have the letter that's earlier in the alphabet than later in the yeah, alphabet. Yeah, yeah. So give me a grant. I don't have to pay that back. Yeah. But when we don't avail our soldiers of everything that, that's there to help them be successful, to win, if you will, yeah. then we're falling short. And, and I would lump all that, I would tell you, SMA, into this spirituality, because spirituality is simply something bigger than me. It's a pursuit of something bigger than me. And for our leaders, it's got to be about the jealous protection of their, of their reputation. That's, in my mind, professionalism. I'm going to jealously protect my reputation by doing everything that I possibly can do, which is just simply doing as much good as you can for as long as you yeah. can. Yeah. You know, when you get to where Sean and I are now, there's more days behind us than ahead of us. And what we're on now is legacy time, to be quite frank with you, because somebody that we're leading right now is going to lead our army in the future. They're going to do it. So we've got to try to get this sense about ourselves that every time we encounter a soldier, good, bad, indifferent, we are setting the stage for that individual's life going forward. Yeah. Because they might not have it yet, but we've got opportunities right now to change lives. That's why I've stayed for 32 years. And it's, it's not to get up early in the morning and do PT. It's not to uh, go on these field exercises and be away from my family but it's because of the people that I serve with, the men and women that I have the opportunity to encounter every day, knowing that unlike any other profession, the profession of arms, we get to affect people's lives every day by decisions, by giving folks guidance, by giving them our intent, by helping them solve problems. Those opportunities, I don't care what you say, they don't exist anywhere else because I can see tangible results of the actions that I take today, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Sergeant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Colonel, totally the general just said, "Go ahead, get on it. Let's go." Because <laughs> <laughs> everything's a team effort. Everything we do, and and we don't want to let down the team, right? right? And it goes back to that relationship, as I was talking about, that leader develop a relationship. 
And when you build a relationship with somebody, then number one thing, you know them by body language to understand them. But guess what? They are comfortable to come talk to you, right? And they are not afraid to fail, right? Because they trust you. Leadership is relationship built inspiration and trust, right? Trust that I'm going to be there, pick them up, dust them off, and point them in the right direction. I mean, wow. Tell me that's not powerful when they trust that, hey, it's okay for me to fail. Give a little guidance, let him or her go out and do things. Hey, I might fail, but my leader is going to be there to pick me up and take care of me, right? So I had a great example when I was a young uh, PFC, and I was a driver of a Bradley. And we just came back from, you know, uh, one of the gunneries. It was like midnight. We got done taking a Bradley, put in a motor pool, and I went up to the barracks, and we're cleaning weapons, right? So, you know, all the dismounts, they were sleeping in the back of the Bradley during your <laughs> driving, right? And I was driving. So we get done. I'm up there cleaning my weapon. And, and Sean Carnes falls asleep, right? And one of the dismount squad leaders come in and start just chewing my butt. Chewing my butt. Wake up, Donna. You're supposed to clean your weapon and everything like that. Sergeant Gonzalez, uh, one of the reasons I'm in the military nowadays, Sergeant Gonzalez, my team leader, he was the gunner at the time, came in and he was like, hey, I got this. This is my soldier. He is mine, and I'm going to take care yeah. of him, right? Sergeant Gonzalez came in, grabbed my weapon. He said, you go to sleep. I'm going to take care of your weapon. He let me go to sleep. He took care of my weapon, and, you know, no issues, anything like that. He took care of me. I trusted with him that I could come talk to him anything. After that, I was like, he is the man. I love him as a sergeant. I love him as my leader. And I would go talk to him about all kinds of different issues. And we've actually built a relationship that he come talk to me um, about him and his wife having some troubles. We built that relationship together that he was even talking to me about some of his challenges to get off his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you, you, God, he talks. This is a great discussion because one is, uh, I don't think anybody's, uh, everybody that's went to war gets closer to God. And, I, and I've said it a bunch of times, God, if you just get me out of here, I'll never do it again, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. And every time I have a tough day or something's going wrong, uh, I'm not afraid to get on my hands and knees and said a prayer. Uh, and I've said a lot of prayers in my life, and I don't want to go into it, but, but I've said some prayers for my family, and I've said prayers for soldiers and, and other people throughout my life. But, but you got to believe. you got to believe in life. you got to believe in God. you got to believe in yourself. Uh, and, and that's just the way it is. But you got to believe in the in the people around you, the things that they're doing. Because again, we get paid, you get paid to coach and teach and develop. And and let's be honest, there's no second best in our profession. No second best. If we lose, we either get somebody hurt or killed or or or, or something even worse than that. And we I don't want to see that. And we've both seen too much. I'm sure we all seen too much of that within our lifetime. Hey, look here. This is a great discussion. Don't go anywhere, Sir Sergeant Major. We're going to take a quick break. Don't move. Don't say anything else. I'm going to come back to you here in a minute. Hey, we'll be right back. You're watching Your Next Mission video podcast. You're watching Your Next Mission, proudly presented by the Cavalry Agency. They help brands dominate no matter their size. Ideas, strategy, action. This is Cavalry. Learn more at Cavalry.com. Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global, providing affordable online education for hardworking adults. Learn more about a personalized, innovative, and world-class education at PurdueGlobal.edu. Veterans United Home Loans, the number one VA lender for five straight years. If you're buying, they're funding your dreams. Learn more at VeteransUnited.com. Now back to your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly. Welcome back. We're blessed to be here today with Lieutenant General Xavier T. Brunson, Commanding General and CSM Sean F. Carnes, Command Sergeant Major of First Corps at Joint Base Lewis-McChord in Washington State. And I want all the other listeners to reach out directly. Tell us about your transition out of the military. You know, I want to help you. Tell us what topics 
you'd like us to cover on the show. You can call or text me at 844-424-1134, and I'll reach out to you. Or send me, or send me an email at uh, smatilly at yournextmission.org. Okay, let's pick it up where we left off. I'm, I'm so pumped up, I don't know what I'm going to do. Serge Sergeant Major, <laughs> we're heading into our final segment with you today, and I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as I have. I, I really just, just have a couple more questions. Sir, it sounds like First Corps is grounded in values, as is the Army. What are you seeing right now when it comes to retention and our nation's need for recruiting efforts? You know, we need a lot more soldiers in the military. What are you seeing? Yeah, well, one of the things is, is that uh, SMA, I find that we need to be doing a better job of telling our story. I honestly believe that uh, a lot of folks look at the Army in sort of the old cadence of go to war or go to jail yeah. kind of thing. They look at the Army as the end of a thing. But I would tell you, you're a great example of the Army being the beginning of a thing. I'm sure there is no time that Private Tilly, who joined the Army under duress, <laughs> thought he'd be leading a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. But, but here you sit. Here you sit right now. And there are a myriad of examples of our soldiers for life that did something else after they got out of the military. Yeah. My father served till he was a sergeant major, retired at 29 years and moved into the county government and was responsible for buildings and grounds in Fedville, North Carolina. Cool. So every building in the, in the county, every building in the, in, the, in the city of Fedville, my dad was responsible for those yeah. things. You know, the, 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 he never thought he'd be doing like, okay, how many, many watts of energy <laughs> did we use in this building? Why is this so high? Cut the lights off. You know, everything I was getting at home, he was doing for the city of Fayetteville. So the Army can be the beginning of a thing, the beginning of an adventure, which is why, as I said before, I need soldiers to finish their first yeah. term. That's where retention comes from, leaders that are engaged, that care about them. But also we've got to be engaged in our communities. And we've got to treat, get folks to understand that we have to move from ownership of things to stewardship of yeah. things. So when we talk about you know, military housing. I grew up living in military housing. And I can remember when my dad would go to the self-help store and fix our screens in our house so they would be done, or he'd get little hardware to fix the doors. He did all those things because we never treated it like it, like we, it was ours and we could do to it whatever we wanted to. We wanted to steward and shepherd those things we'd been doing. And we've got to get our leaders to think that way too. But a big piece for us is about 70% of our soldiers live off installation. So we've got to remain engaged in our communities. And we sometimes have to remind them that we're here. We have to remind them by saying, hey, what can we do yeah. for you out in the community right now? I, you know, Veterans Day coming up and we haven't heard from you. How about we get some soldiers to come down there and spend some time with your citizens over Veterans Day? Because we have soldiers living out in your mm -hmm. community. We've got to be engaged there. We've got to be engaged on the installation. Every one of our neighborhoods has a mayor. And every one of our neighborhoods has a unit that's assigned that area. And what that allows us to do is grab folks by the stack and swivel and say, hey, man, your neighborhood is not looking as good as First yeah. Brigade neighborhood. <laughs> you guys might want to get on yeah, that. Yeah. You don't, yeah, that challenge. So we're able, yeah, go ahead, sir. We're, we're, we're able to do those kind of things. And then, you know, there's times where we've been out to see the Seahawks. Not a Seahawks fan. I'm really a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So if the Pittsburgh Steelers are paying attention, I'd be more than happy to come out there and do a re-enlistment for you all to help the great uh, state of Pennsylvania, where Sean's from. Uh, but, but we've got to get out there and we've got to tell our stories. We cannot allow anybody to tell our stories for us. They can't talk about what a thing is like. They can't use similes. They have to know it. And we know this. And so every one of our soldiers is a recruiter. Every one of our soldiers is responsible for the retention. And the problems with retention are not Army problems. They're America's problems. We're America's Army. We're only drawing from the raw materials that are out there. And this propensity to serve is affected by our inability to tell our stories and tell them yeah, well. Yeah. You know, Sergeant Major Lombard is going to start off on a, on a thing here for us here at Joint Base Lewis McCord where we're just catching soldiers as they're living. You're going, you think you were going to go get yourself a coffee at Starbucks on post. You think you were going to our Popeyes here on uh. post. But guess what? Now you're in an interview. Yeah. And you're going to tell people your Army story. And we're going to hang it up online. Yeah. And then another thing, the final thing for me on this before I turn back to, to Sean is simply this. We have to stop seeding terrain. Whether that's the internet and social media 
It's the places where our soldiers go. We have to be there. We have to be there. And I'm not saying you have to have some huge following, but you can pick up clues. That's indicators and warnings of things that you can address with policy and regulation and orders. And we cannot cede any more terrain to other folks that don't have the best interests of our soldiers or our nation in their hearts. Yeah. So I'll wrap well, let, that. Let, so yeah, before you say that, I'm going to add something for, real quick. Uh, you said uh, act, active duty. Veterans are recruiters, too. Uh, your veterans and mm -hmm. families are recruiters. Uh, there's about 17, over 17 million veterans out there that will do whatever they can to help you out. Uh, and so don't forget about your veteran community because they're, uh, they're a good resource. The second thing is, and you hit it on the nose, I agree 100%, is marketing. You got to tell your story as much as you can. Uh, we're we're real, in the Army, even when I was a sergeant major of the Army, I tried to get out and tell stuff about the Army. Yeah, I'd do it today. And, and, uh, but tell the story about what you've been doing. The third thing is, is you're really right. I, I came in the Army a poor young man. I've owned as much as three companies at one time. Uh, I still own my own company, and here's a girl kicker. I don't have a bill. Life has been good for this old guy, right? This old soldier. So, so I hear what you're saying. You can do it, but you got to be motivated. And the key to success is get your education. Uh, finish your degree, right. get as much education you can so you can be competitive in that market. Sergeant Major, I'm so pumped up for you guys. I don't know what I'm doing. Go ahead, Sergeant Major. Hey, hey I, I think, you know, retention starts with a conversation. It's that simple. Everyone says this hard conversation. A conversation's a conversation. Just like if you're talking to somebody, right? I mean, I've gone up to tons of soldiers and talked to them for five minutes, five minutes, had a conversation and knew some of them, hey, like one, there was a, a female specialist up in Alaska, talked to her for five minutes and she said, hey, my husband is down at JBLM area down here in the Washington area, works down there. I would love to be able to come down to JBLM. And guess what? We got her down there to JBLM. Guess what? She's gonna re-enlist to stay in the military. Off a five-minute conversation. It's that simple. Just have simple conversations with somebody, yep. right? Because once you also do that, then you get commitment from them. And guess what? They're further more likely going to stay in the yeah. Army. Again, yeah. retain talent, yeah. right, within the military. So it goes back to that relationship, having them conversations. It's not a hard conversation. No. It's a conversation to figure out what they want to do. And here's one thing I sometimes, you know, tell the soldiers is, hey, the grass, they say this grass is greener on the other side. I say the grass is green where you water that grass, right? So, hey, how are you watering the grass in the military to make yourself better, right? Just like everyone wants to be like Mike. Yep. Everybody does. But guess what? They don't want to put in the work to be like Mike. I mean, it's been work for me and the CG <laughs> to get to where we're at. It's just not like, you know, we became, you know, the commander and sergeant major of first corps, just like you took you work to be the SMA, yeah. right? They've got to put in some work and effort. Just the same thing. Hey, what's your plan if you go out? Hey, there's some work that goes into yeah. that, right? To get out and to make sure you're successful out there. And I tell each and every one of them, hey, if you want to get out of the military, I will hold your hand and walk right beside you. Leaders walk right beside you. I don't have your back. We are going to walk right beside you and assist you and make sure you transition out of the military properly and set you up for success for your next adventure. Yeah, yeah you know, you know you're, you're exactly right. Uh, I, you know, you guys are, again, you're pumping them up. Sergeant Major, before we, before we get into final thoughts, can you tell us how we connect with the, you know, with this, how you connect with soldiers in the First Corps? I, and I asked them the other day, I mean, I do a lot of social media stuff, but, and, and things are a lot different now than when I was in. So how do you connect with your soldiers now? <laughs> uh, so one thing is presence. I think presence is huge, yeah. right? Every, every single Monday, again, I told you before, hey, I check my emails real quick in the morning, and then I'm out and about among soldiers and leaders, yeah. right? VFC and about to see what's going on, right? So you got to be present. And when I go down the motor pools, I take my little ranger chair. When I was in RI, I had this little ranger chair, right? So when I'm down there talking to soldiers, I'm not standing up in an authoritative manner. I'm sitting on my chair with them and having a conversation and a discussion with them. Again, you know, when Sergeant Major comes around, guess what? Defense is up. What's Sergeant Major looking for? <laughs> is he going to chew my butt, right? I don't, when I come down there, I look for the positive stuff. Everyone can look for the negative stuff. Don't get me wrong. I make corrections as necessary. But I go down there and look for the positive stuff and what's going on and how can we support the organization? And what better way to do that than having a great conversation Defensive down among the soldiers, and we just BS about stuff. Yeah. 
and talk about stuff, right? Because at the same time, when you're getting a defensive down, I mean, they'll tell you a lot of stuff, believe me, right? And that helps me understand what's going on in the organization so I can give that to the commander to make sure, hey, we are make sure we're supporting our organization. So presence is number yeah. one. Social media, I definitely agree with the CG. You've got to get on social media, right? Some people say, I'm not on social media. Da, da. That is where the soldiers are at now, right? And, and you know, I've talked to you about my, my podcast. I do Connect First, right? We've got to get on social media, be present on social media, but that does not take away from present, face-to-face. That does not take away from a phone call. So you have to understand, hey, when do I need to be on social media, seeing what's going on and helping out soldiers? But then when is that time, that balance, where I need to be face-to-face with the soldier, body language, see what's going on, and to be able to care and help them out. Yeah, yeah. the other thing, too, is, is we got to wrap families into all of that, too. All the stuff that we're mm-hmm. talking about, you got to put all the family. You know, you, here you go. We talk, we talk about retention. I remember when I was at, uh, God, where was it? I guess I was at Fort Polk. And I never, well, I guess maybe I was in the, maybe it was Fort Benny. Anyway, I was talking to retention sergeant major. And I says, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm going down to the PX. And I said, well, this is, it's only like 10 o'clock. He said, what are you going down to the PX? He said, I'm going to the, the PX where they have all the books and comic books. He said, I need to re-enlist a few more soldiers. So he'd go down there and read comic books and re-enlist soldiers. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was a funny story. But that, that was how we got him going anyway. Hey, look, look here. Th- this has been such a great discussion. And you guys are, you can just tell by, uh, by your motivation, by your enthusiasm, how much you love our great army. You love First Corps, and they love the people that you're doing, and you believe in what you're doing each and every day. And so, uh, you know, we talk about being spiritual. God bless you for what you're doing, and keep up the good work. Any, sir, Sergeant Major, we're going to start with you, sir. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I, I will cede the rest of my time to to Sean Carnes, but I, I would just tell you thank you for giving us the opportunity uh, to to make uh, to make visible to others our. our our palpable excitement about serving in the army today, uh, our desire for good things for our people, and uh, and just a little bit about what's going on out here, uh, because I, I'm excited about what 2023 holds for us and our soldiers and our families and this great community that we get a chance to serve inside of. So again, thank you all so much, all three cameras worth of you for, <laughs> for what you did for us today. And uh, we're very, very appreciative. And another time we saw one another was when I was General Casey's uh, aide there at the Pentagon. I knew I, I knew I, yeah, you didn't have no hair then. <laughs> I still had more hair then. This has been a recent phenomenon. Oh, right, like right, last right. week, I lost my hair. This just happened. <laughs> All right, sorry, ready to go ahead, buddy. Hey, SMA, thank you very much for having us on here. I mean, it's an honor every single time to be able to get on a platform like this and to be able to tell, uh, you know, the Army, the world, uh, what, you know, First Corps is doing, because we're doing a lot, and we are going to continue to make it better every single day, right? Uh, so, again, we appreciate everything you do for us and, uh, you know, bringing us on here to be able to tell our story. So thank you very much, SMA. Uh, no problem. You know, I tell people all the time, myself and, and Ted Hacker, uh, we tell people every day, we're going to do this until the day we die. Uh, we're going to keep helping the military and and uh, with changes and modifications and marketing. See, our project is really to educate not only the military, but really our country about what you're doing. Now, sir, you got to do one more thing for you. Uh, uh, Sergeant Major already got it. You got to make sure you get your phone out and subscribe to our show, Your Next Mission. Now, you got to be, and get all those, <laughs> now get all those lieutenants and captains and everybody in that, in the, in the in First Corps to subscribe because together, and you said it already, together we can make a difference. God bless. God bless you for for letting me talk to you today. God bless you, SMA. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Thanks again to Lieutenant General Brunson and Sergeant Major Carnes. I'm Jack Atoli, 12th Sergeant Major Army. You've been watching your next mission video podcast, and and thank you for watching today. Golly, if you didn't have a good time, something's wrong with you. Please visit us on our website of yournextmission.org and leave me a review. Hopefully, I always say it's a good review, but if it's a bad one, Okay, I can take it. You can also visit our partners there who can provide you with so many services that will assist you in your transition from the military. Also, please visit our corporate partners and see all the jobs that are available. We want to put you to work. Please know 
we want to assist you any way we can. I'm going to say that again. We talked about it today, spiritually, motivation, leading by example. Please know we want to assist you any way we can. Please follow all, me on all my social media channels. I never thought I'd ever say this. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And if you've enjoyed our discussion with Lieutenant General Brunson and Sergeant Major Carnes, and I know that you have, please like us. Click on that subscribe button below. Don't forget, uh, we want to hear from you. Please leave me a message or send me a text at 844-424-1134 or send me an email at smatilly at yournextmission.org. Thanks again to uh, Lieutenant General Brunson. I should say Lieutenant Brunson or Private Brunson. I can't remember. but And Sergeant Major Collins for, <laughs> for being with us today. It was just, uh, you know, I just, it was so great just having him on the show. I'm just so pumped up. I don't know what the hell they're doing right now. So... <laughs> At this part of the show, it's always, it's always about uh, my final thoughts. I'm going to give you something today. Today, you had the honor to listen to a couple of professional soldiers that care so much about our country, that care about you, that care about all the soldiers that they, that they work with each and every day. You see, it's about life. It's about God. It's about our country. Together, we can make a difference. Never forget, we want you Join our team. Again, thanks for watching, and thanks to Cloudcast Media, New Mind Studios, and of course, our four presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. We appreciate all you do for our military. And as always, see you on the high ground. hoo <laughs> <laughs>